Welcome back, everyone, to another round of La Magicast. Uh, as we record this, um, it's still Sunday. It's been a couple hours now since Roma have drawn Sassuolo 1-1. Um, with me, I have Alex, who is a co-founder, regular on this podcast. Say hello to everyone, Alex. Hi, guys. And um, we also have a special guest today, unfortunately. Greg could not be with us, but we found a more than capable replacement in um, Danielle, I hope I'm saying this right, Lisione. Yeah. How's it going, guys? Good, good. Um, welcome. Uh, glad to have you aboard. So first of all, guys, I wanted to talk about this from like a big picture perspective before we kind of drill down into what happened. Um, we drew 1-1. The goal came at the death. In the grand scheme of things, how do you interpret the draw? Alex, let's go with you first. What do you, what do you think about the draw in terms of like a whole season? Uh, I think, uh, in the whole, the long perspective, I'm not too worried, uh, cause I still saw that, um, solid team defensively, uh, and our, uh, struggles is more or less, uh, uh, offensively, but we did create the chances today. We did just not, um, exploit them. Uh, Jajic had a couple. I would have been a bit more worried if if uh, the last two games we were uh, playing like a different team than we ha- have seen so far. But it's still the same problem uh, without Totti. I mean, we score one goal uh, each game now instead of uh, almost three. So the impact Totti and Gervinho has on this team is huge. So... Um, uh, I'm not concerned if those two get back in the team. Um, uh, and I think those accidents like today, you know, it, it happens and it will happen. Yeah. And, it will, and it will happen with Juventus and Napoli as well. So. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, we didn't talk about the, the context of how we've been doing, um, in, in the context of injuries, which we'll get to uh, as we kind of drill down into the game. Um, Daniel, what do you think about what Alex said? Do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad today. Um, Jajic had lots of opportunities. We cut the swallow open on, uh, on numerous occasions. Um, we just started to lose our lose our heads in the last five or so minutes, and I think that was because we, we weren't putting the game to bed. I think doubt started to creep in, you know? Yeah, and uh, Garcia said after the game that, um, you know, to the extent of if you don't score a second goal, anything could happen. I think we learned that the hard way... Today and against Torino um, last week when we played. Um, but to get to what you guys were saying, I think, you, you know, um, Totti went out against Napoli. And then after he went out, we still did score twice. Um, you know, Pjanic, Pjanic had a free kick and a penalty. And every game since then, we've only scored once. Um, but if you take into account that since Totti went out, we've um, also lost Jorginho, who are probably the two best attackers we had early this season um, when they were both fit and kind of rearing into life. Today we lost Borriello, who is our backup striker. Destro has been out since January for Roma, and he's finally coming back into fitness now. Benatti has been suspended slash injured. Um, I mean, we've we've had to deal with pretty big injuries. If we take the, these last two results, especially today, into account the fact that there was no Benatti, no Totti, no Giorvino, no Destro, no Borriello, I mean, everywhere but really the midfield, we've seen kind of these huge injuries this season. You think, do you think that's like a valid excuse for the way that the game played today? Or do you really think that in spite of all this, you know, Lilik had the chances, um, especially him. I, I counted three one-on-ones he had that he failed to put away. Should that have been enough for us? Or do you think that maybe we can look at it and look at the injuries and say, you know, uh, we're still unbeaten. It's been 12 games. We've only drawn two. Um, 
we've won the other 10. So in the grand scheme of things, this is actually kind of showing the strength of the squad. Um, yeah, I'd say that's the, that's the important thing to remember. The important thing is that we've gotten about eight points from a possible 12 in a time when it's when it's probably, you know, we we don't have all our players at full fitness. I mean, I think it's telling that the last two games we haven't had the Benatia Castan uh, partnership, and that's been the two games that we've conceded uh, two of our three goals that we conceded this season. So I think um, to get eight out of 12 points in a in an injury, I don't want to say crisis. I don't think it's that bad. But when when things are looking tough, um, I don't think it's so bad. And I think a lot of fans um, may be overreacting. Yeah, and I I think the the midfield we have and and the 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 system still keeps us uh, from the back line and to the midfield like a very difficult team to 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 meet even without Totti and uh, Garbino. My only concern. As I perhaps mentioned a bit earlier, is offensively we don't click uh, the, uh, the same way. I distinctly remember. I think it was in the second, maybe this before he went off. I, I can't remember now when he went off, but um, I guess it was probably earlier than the second half. But I don't have any of the stats in front of me. But there was a point where Borriello, um, we had like a long ball from the back, um, clearing the ball, and it got to Borriello and he headed it down like in front of him, where you would presume like a midfielder would be maybe in a different kind of system. But there was none. Um, and I think that kind of speaks to, he's, he's kind of a hold up, knock down kind of guy in terms of his style. And he did, you know, what you would expect of a player if his, if his kind of talents to do there, but there was no one, our, our team isn't systemically set up to play with that kind of guy. So when he did the knockdown, it just went right back to Sassuolo, even though it was a pretty decent knockdown because none of our guys were in position to do it. Um, and, um, I think that speaks to what you're saying. We had a fair few crosses today, and Florenzi and Borriello are putting in some good ones. But when you really have just Borriello as your target man, it's going to have to be a, a very good cross um, because no one else is really going to go into the box with him. Uh, Lailac and Florenzi kind of like to go uh, outside the box. Lailac likes to cut it in. Florenzi, you know, he definitely gets his shots on goal, but they're not really the kind of players you'd expect to be lining up for crosses in the middle of the box. Um, yeah. So systemically, we might have to change things. Now, if we get a guy like Destro in there, who's a little bit more creative, you know, maybe it'll it'll flow with the kind of football that Garcia likes to do. Um, I also think, yeah, much could have, could have been a bit different if uh, Borriello had someone like Garvinho on his side, because uh, Borriello and Menes, if you remember that duo, they, they when when you have someone who likes to run along. Uh, the side uh, sideline and um, and that the Borriello uses strength in the air and in the box. Uh, it's fine to have Borriello on the pitch. Uh, I think Garvinho can do that a bit more than Ljajic, who likes to have the ball in the, his feet and try to dribble yeah. through the middle. So I think Borriello really struggles to fit in when he doesn't have a winger who wants to feed him with the good crosses and. You know, the, the wing backs didn't find Borriello as well, and Borriello too often than not, uh, finds himself uh, out of position because he wants to work back, you know, and help out. But, I mean, it's good to see him working hard and such, but, uh, sometimes he should try to position himself a bit better. You know, I, I like yeah. Borriello, but uh, I think, uh, Garcia needs to see that he can only play when the system allows him to use his strength, which, yeah, which didn't happen today. 
Yeah, I would just echo exactly what you've said. The problem is, I think we go from playing with uh, Totti as like a, a false nine in a way, and then we go to having someone like Borrell who's such a, supposed to be like a focal point and that. And like you say, if we don't play with the kind of wingers that are going to supply him, then uh, it's it's actually rather useless having him on the field. So I, I think it's unfair it's unfair to be harsh on Borrello because he's just trying to you know he's trying to play his best. But the the system isn't isn't suited to him. It's it's supposed to be more fluid than than what when he's in there. It it, it isn't as fluid. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to remember the Borrello definitely is he's probably not even fourth choice in terms of striking. I mean, you have to imagine if Destro was fit, he would be above Borriello on the strike chart. So players like him and Bradley, are, I think, are actually decent depth to have. But you, I think to an extent we have to remember that on when, when we're stretched as thin as we are now. I mean, you know, we have a striker come off and Caprari eventually came on who who looked every bit as young and inexperienced as he is, though he did have some exciting moments. Um, you know, the the default thing is kind of throw on Michael Bradley, who I, I thought had a mixed game. I think he... Up until the end, anyway, he had a very good presence defensively. He had a lot of clearances, but then he was he was somewhat at fault for the goal we conceded. I think he was the closest and just didn't close. Um, he had the last uh, touch on the ball, I, I, I think. Right, and it's, it's it's infuriating things like that when it's you know thirty seconds are left in the game. There's no reason to try to play cute anymore. Just hook it out of the box. I mean, it's 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 kind of defending one on one in a sense. I you know I get that we're kind of designed as a team that always wants to play creative, but if we're riding out a one 0 win with this kind of uh, these kind of players out, at times, you just have to do whatever it takes to, to grind out the win. And I think um, Lilac did, he was both the good and the bad today. I think we saw an incredibly creative player who loses the ball too frequently for someone as talented as he is. But when he gets in good positions, he can be incredibly dangerous. And I think he, he could have had a hat trick if he improved his finishing. Um, say, say, say his name again, Julian. Adam Lilac. I'm just gonna call him uh, Adam. Um, he he's he's he looks to me like a player who needs to play more. But he also, I feel sometimes his 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 awareness of the players around him isn't that great. I, I to, often he loses the ball when a player from behind him just runs up and grabs it. I feel like sometimes he's not paying attention spatially to what's going on. Um, yeah. And it can be costly, but he's good. You can tell when he gets the ball, he knows how to make things happen. He did say after the game that he realized he had missed too many chances, which was good. You know, you always want to see your players take responsibility. Um, but for me, it's hard to talk about this game without talking about him because he, he was kind of in the middle of the attack and he, on a different day, he could have won the game for single handedly. Um, between a penalty and the three chances he missed. Um, and because he missed them at the conceding at the end, it doesn't only look bad on the team, but it makes you wonder if only he had scored one of them. Yeah, that's why Bradley's mistaken, and Bradley's mistaken, and shouldn't have even mattered, you know. If um, if yeah, it should put uh, the chances away, but yeah, it was just one of those days. It kind of felt like going towards the end that we were going to be susceptible. I think it was when um, Brudiso gave the ball away, and uh, it led to I think Flora Flores had a one-on-one, and De Sancti saved. And I think after that, that's when. The doubt started to creep into our, you know, our yeah. head, and if 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 Leitch had put the chances away, then uh, we wouldn't have even been in that situation. But it's 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 hard to put blame on any one player in a game like this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's definitely a, you know it's definitely a common. It's not like one player made a terrible mistake. If if Berdiso's pass, for example, had you know caused a goal directly, we could say okay, this is Berdiso's fault. But in a game like this, yeah. I think you're right. It's it's kind of 
no one really did what they were supposed to do to the extent that they yeah. could have, and I think that's what cost us the the, the win. Yeah. And it's disappointing. I mean, Alex, we talked about this before the show started, so you might want to get into it too. But it, the way we lost was really more disappointing than I think the final result. Uh, I think it was uh, three minutes and forty-five seconds in of the four minutes overtime when they scored. Yeah, yeah, it was the last so kick too, of the game. That, by the time they were done celebrating, that was the entire game. Yeah, yeah, it was literally the last kick of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if if the if they had scored on the one-on-one with DeSantis, uh, that will also have sucked, obviously, because they didn't create anything big against us uh, yeah. up to that point, like 85 minutes. But it's it's the worst worst way to lose, especially when yeah. you don't deserve to. So lose points, I mean. So right. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, to speak to what you had said, uh, I, Alex, I think you're right. It's it's you know losing to Sassuolo. As embarrassing as it looks on paper, really isn't the end of the world. They're actually a pretty decently talented team. After a thrilling kind of win like they had against Sampdoria last week, I think you could definitely tell that this was a side who was ready for the challenge and who really were fighting uh, tooth and nail kind of to get into this. Um, and let's not forget, we have to give them props. They scored both of the goals. <laughs> we didn't. We yeah. really didn't score at either of them. Um, so maybe a draw was the fairest result, though. Again. If we had better finishing, we had more chances, but either you don't get points for not putting the ball into the net. So, But no matter what, we still kind of have fate in our own hands. We'll still be first by at least a point. As of right now, Juve are still winning. If they go on to win, there'll be a point behind us hanging into the break. Um, the mere fact that we're actually ahead of this Juventus side after 12 games really is is what I think people should be talking about. I just think this is why I didn't, I didn't really want to talk about the S-word at all this season is because after... Even just 10 games where you get 30 points, 30 points is not even enough to stay up from relegation. And that's clearly a pace that teams, I don't care what team it is, no team can keep up that kind of pace. Even Barcelona can go win your first 10 games, but they're eventually going to draw. They're eventually going to lose a couple throughout the course of a season. Um, and when you look at a team like Juve, even Napoli, they just have so many more options they can shuffle into their deck when someone goes down. We don't have that kind of depth because we've been out of Europe for so long. So I still think we're we're perfectly on track for what we need to be doing this season. We, yeah. as long as we're getting points week in week out, and we finish in a European spot, so we can reinforce this squad and and you know start building it back up into a, a you know a great team, then um, I'm not very concerned. But it, I think this this partially seems disappointing because I think a lot of people looked at Roma start and said, oh, these are S word material. And then seeing them draw Torino and then Sassuolo makes you realize this the squad isn't. Re- I don't think it is ready for that kind of thing yet. Um, on that note, though, um, I did some research, and um, first of all, if we compare the Romas of the last four seasons, um, after 12 games, Ranieri's won in 2010-11 had 19 points, and then uh, Zeman and Enrique both had 17 points after the stage. So we. We're 15 points off the pace from last season, uh, above the pace. And then, even though I know, Julian, you don't want to use the S-word, um, Inter, under Mourinho, the treble season, they had 29 points at this stage. Uh, Milan had 26 in 2010-11. Uh, the first contest season, Juventus had 26. And last season, Juventus had 31. So Roma, to be on 32 points now, is still... It's quicker than the last four seasons of the Scudetto winners, and it's 15 points above what we were doing with... Yeah, although, the likes of I, to, I, I totally agree, Daniel, but the only thing is, for me, Serie A is, at the top, so much more competitive than any of the past four years. So, when we yeah. look at 
let's say even last year for Juve, I don't think they were they 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 weren't really challenged. I mean, they didn't have a Roma this good, a Napoli this good, a Fiorentina this good. It's gonna be it's gonna be tougher now. I think if this if this team were playing in Serie A any of the last four years, I'd be much more optimistic. But I look at Napoli and I look at Juve and I look at. You know, I mean, Napoli's defense, I'm really not convinced by at all, but they have so many yeah. options up front. They're never, you know, I mean, we, we've been scoring goals at a decent pace until we lost two players, but they can lose two players and throw in a guy like Mertens, or they can throw in, um, yep. Insigne plays on the bench sometimes. They have, um, the other winger they got, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but they, they have a lot of options they could throw in. Ha, you know, Pandev, Hamsik, uh, Kaleon, Higuain, they can, they're always gonna score. I don't yep. know if they're always gonna defend well enough, but, and then you've, of course, they, they're pretty strong in all areas now, um, even yeah, though their defense I, I has been kind of shaky. Do you, for all the talk about how, you know, quote unquote poor you have been this season, they're only two points behind, so, or three points behind as of right now, four, maybe four. But they're close, is my point. They've only lost once and tied once, yeah. so. Um, the reason, um, why I, um, was, uh, getting behind a Scudetto push, to be honest, is because we don't have Europe, I think, although we don't have, we don't have the depth that Napoli and Juve do. They still have to play in Europe. The reason I was getting behind them is um, behind Roma is because, if anything, this is one of our best opportunities in years to get um, a a good Scudetto push. I mean, give it a try, and then uh, if if it fails, hopefully you know reach for the stars, end up with uh, third, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't think we can. Um, at, at mentality and and how we like to think that Roma should. Not be like Udinese. I know you, Julian, says that we should be like Manchester United and not the Udinese in terms of selling and in terms of, you know, the big club mentality. I think it also goes uh, on these things that we we have to, you know, we are like I said on the last podcast. I mean, keep on dreaming. I mean, yeah, it, you know, if circumstances were to arise, whatever. But I'm saying more along the lines of like. For all we know, Juve and Napoli could have two more Champions League games and that's it. And then if they go into the Europa League, which isn't impossible at this point, um, yeah. if that were to happen, they're not going to take that nearly as serious with the Champions League, the second string sides, they're going to be focused just on Serie A. So whereas right now, maybe we're the only team that's that high in the table without a European commitment to focus on, I don't know how much longer that's going to be the case. Um, and... Um, for me, the further that they both go in the Champions League is the more they're, they're going to have to be distracted from Serie A, and they'll start dreaming about that if the time comes. But, but, but um, still, whereas, you're talking about Napoli like they were superior to us, and I don't, I don't see that at all. I, I see Juventus. Not, not head to head. Not, maybe not head to head, but I still think I, I'm not so sure if Napoli. You know, like a game like today, for example, we, we didn't lose this because of our defense. Uh, you don't lose games against the lower teams because of your defense. We lost it because we couldn't outscore them because, uh, in a game like this, although Napoli did tie them, I think over the course of the season, we're going to see that more often than not, Napoli are going to be able to score enough goals to get a win like this. And maybe they will lose to Juve, and maybe they'll lose to Roma, and maybe Fiorentina, but you just have to beat enough of the smaller sides to make up for that. And there's way more smaller sides. Um, so there, uh, for me, this this league is Juventus's league, and everyone else is kind of fighting for the rest of it just because they're so strong. And um, agreed, but but the, behind so them much. it's Roma and Napoli and Fiorentina and Inter, so it's a it's right. a close call. But it's encouraging to me that actually Fiorentina have been pretty shaky, but I think it's scary too because you figure their defense for me is actually very not convincing whatsoever. I especially their goalies kind of head scratching. I can't believe they didn't try to replace Neto. Um, but uh, 
you feel that they'll just get more consistent, not less. And whereas we can really only get less consistent, we can't be more consistent than we were after 10 straight wins. But less and consistent that, is still, uh, can still be a very good, uh, line but, of results. But the, the problem is that look how consistent we were and what did that get us? I mean, after, after 12 unbeaten matches and only two draws, we might be one point clear at the top. And still, uh, how many points is it down to the fourth place? That's what really, uh, right. which is, you're right. That's the, that's the most important thing to look at uh, and i completely agree as long as we maintain distance over fourth i think it's going to be that'll be key um because i mean uh, honestly if we finish third this year would anybody consider that a failure i would consider it a huge no. huge progress yeah. from the years before because yeah. being back in the champions league would be a dream and but, we would absolutely have to have a hell of a mercado because you don't want uh, you know we, we can't have Berdiso starting against uh you know barcelona but um still look at need to qualify though Oh, that's yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, but I'm just saying, you know, look at Milan squad, and their squad is really, I think, terrible for Milan. But they they're kind of hold their own in the Champions League better than the other two have been. Um, much easier group for sure. But I, you know, it, it's it's kind of things like that where Milan squad is full of mediocre players, but at the same time, they, they can kind of at times it's they're weird. They can kind of eke out the results they need to, but a lot of times they can't. They're really They're really strange, but it, it, you know, last year I could see Milan charging up the table off of Balotelli. This year, it, you can't see it happening. I mean, I'm much more concerned about Inter and Fiorentina. Milan kind of even aren't on the radar. I don't think for Champions League this year, and they could prove me hugely wrong later in the season. But what a drop we would have to have, and Fiorentina would have to have, and Inter would have to have for them to even be in contention for a European spot. Mm. I think they can manage Europa League, salvage Europa League, but that's it. Uh, position is Europe League sixth. Yeah, no fifth, uh, fifth place. I don't see them getting fifth to be honest. I think it's even with a Coppa Italia win, maybe depending how seriously they take that. Yeah, um, yeah. but it can yeah. happen. So but it, it really, Fiorentina looks solid. Inter looks very yeah. solid. So uh, it yeah. will be. Uh, I, I see Allegri getting sacked in the very near future. So the question I is, who... getting sacked. I mean, this this is not the Milan podcast. Don't get me wrong, but if we're going to talk about them. Um, I can't see him getting sacked because I think he's kind of, I think David Amoya on Twitter first came up with this theory and I, I actually kind of agree with it. He's a, he's a convenient scapegoat. I, people are blaming Allegri yeah. when you look at what Galliani has deconstructed yeah, this side, both, top to bottom. Yeah. And Allegri's a good scapegoat and people aren't really paying attention that much to how, how, I mean, this was an old team that needed to be reconstructed. Don't get me wrong. About three years ago, they needed to have all those players leave eventually. But when you look at the replacements that have come in, it's been awful. I mean, I, I get, you know, it, clubs have to cut back on spending and things like that. But you look, we brought in Strutman and Banatia. How much stronger are this Milan team if you throw in Strutman and Banatia? It's, it's, yeah. uh, th they would be in, in, you know, third, second, whatever, and we would be f way further down the table. It, it's just kind of baffling moves like that. Um, but after 12 games, I'm very happy with where we are. I just don't want us to look back after 38 games and us be in a good position and see it as a disappointment because our expectations were set so high. Um, yeah. And I think that's maybe, to bring it back to the draw today, I think that's maybe where some of the disappointment came from. After 10 straight wins, I think we had been a little spoiled, and we looked at how we beat Napoli Inter and we thought oh Sassuolo you know that new Roma can certainly beat them and then when we don't yep. it kind of feels like old Roma even though it isn't we can still dream uh, but I will eventually uh, give up on 
Und that's if Totti's injury is uh, evaluated and uh, he's, if he needs to stay out for much longer than a couple more weeks, I think we'll be in big trouble. Uh, My, so what I've heard has been, um, I've heard January. The ru- rumor is now me, they're targeting January. Um, but but uh, you're right, Alex, And but I, I kind of want to hear what you both think about this. But I think his injury will be mitigated a lot if we get Jervinho and Destro back because then it will just be the one striker out as opposed to an entire front line being out. But the thing is, yeah. Totti is perhaps the best player in Serie A in doing what he does, finding the players... He's completely irreplaceable. Yeah, so. Completely irreplaceable. But we, yeah, we, but I get what, I get what you're saying, Julian. I think if Jovino had been against Torino or Sassuolo, I'm pretty sure we would have, we would have scored more. We would have closed the games out. Right. Um, so yeah, Totti's, Totti's important and we'll play even better with him, but at least, I just at least want Jovino back just for the pace that he brings and, uh, most offenses in Syria are quite slow. So I think he's, 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 he's one of our best weapons at the moment. He's slow. He's, he's yeah. great at winning free kicks and penalties too. Uh, I don't, I, that's, that's something Totti does very well, but Gervinho we've seen has done it really well too. That's the, you know, against Torino, for example, I think we were screaming for Gervinho. We needed someone to yeah. run and on the counter and just break up their play because they were dominating in the second half and just give us some breathing room. And I think when Lajak, as uh, um, call him Adam. I, no, so much. Yeah, easier. I don't know even. Why do I try, Alex? You know I can barely speak English to begin with. I shouldn't even be trying Serbian. Um, once he came on, we had someone who can kind of win the free kicks. But we were, we were. Be- Daniel's right. We were begging for his pace. So at least if we have his pace back, it'll be a much better team because that's kind of how Rudy Garcia's Roma are required to play. But you're right. I mean. Well, there's two sides to this, right? On the other hand, we haven't had Totti Trevino in four games, and we still got um, eight points from 12. Or if you want to count the Napoli game, we won that one when they both went off. So that brings it to 11 from 15, which is – we still haven't lost without them, which is very very good. Um, but, yeah, this this Totti – you it'd be – losing Totti is, is like a – you know, uh, I'm convinced no one in Serie A is as good as him anyway. In, in terms of how yeah. they can, can tie a team together. It would almost be like Juventus losing Pirlo or, um, I'm trying to think of another team that really has an engine like that, but it, it's, it's difficult. Like a maybe if, right. If, if Napoli loses Hamshik or maybe if Fiorentina lost like, um, Borca Valero, the, the, those kind of players that weave the whole team together, it's really, really hard to replace them. It, and I mean, you remember the pods in the beginning of the season, Alex. How many times did we talk about Totti did the assist. Totti did the amazing pass before the assist. Um, he would go back in the defense and bail us out. He would he would be the guy winning the foul. He, he was doing everything. And um, too 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 many times to count. So I mean, Totti is supernatural, and uh, he's it's you know get him back and bring this team. Uh, but don't rush him back. I don't want. I don't want a half-fit Totti who's going to get hurt again. I'd rather he take his time and come back when he's fully fit. I mean, he can come on on a wheelchair and would still be great. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely uh, believe that. That's a fair point. <laughs> All right. Um, are we we uh, should we go into the Twitter questions maybe yeah i was just about to say i was just about to say yeah do you guys want to kind of divide these up a little bit like maybe we can each take a question um that way we you know we won't go on with any of them for too long 
I mean, just yeah. depending on the question, I guess. Uh, All right, let me scroll down to the bottom here and see what the first one was. Um, that was a joke. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> so okay. what about um, the Tevis, uh, Julian? I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I, won't, I won't get into that. Go, go through my t timeline from about five days ago and you'll see. Um, Danny, who you guys know, Daniele, D yeah. underscore LA, um, she asked yeah. us our take on the criticism against Lijak Adam um, today. Um, and I spoke a lot about him, so maybe what did you guys think? He's, I think what she's referring to is he's getting a lot of the blame for the draw because he did miss those chances. Do you guys think that's harsh or do you think it's warranted? Uh, I think I think it's harsh. Um, I don't think he's a natural goal scorer or anything, so I don't think we should expect too many goals from him. But yeah, he should have he should have put the put the ball in the back of the net uh, a couple times. But it would be harsh to blame the whole defeat on on him. Yeah, I mean the guy was uh, involved. He did his job uh, in the second half. Besides scoring that that goal, um, these these things happen, and uh, of course he could have done. Much better, but I expect to see uh, see some goals for him from him uh, in the future. I mean, do, which goal was it he scored that unbelievable, not possible to score from that angle goal? Um, was it Bologna? No. Oh, maybe yeah, I think it was, it was the last goal. So was the last goal in the Bologna game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so he has uh, he's capable of doing magic. I mean, today it was we did everything, everything. Uh, everything we needed to do, we did up till 85 minutes when we did that mistake and everyone, everyone was panicking. So, yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, bad luck today. We, I, we can accept that. It's 32 of 36 points. That's amazing. Let's, uh, take, uh, Cagliari next weekend. The next one we got, I don't know if it's a, if it's like a question or more of a statement. It says, does two ties equal freakouts or comments that the team is a joke? Does two ties equal freakouts and comments that the team is a joke? Um, I guess basically asking us, is it fair to say after two ties? I don't know if this is asking us if it's fair to say after two ties that the team is a joke, or are they asking us to comment on the fact that some people are saying this team is a joke after two ties? Um, so you guys can take that at whatever way you see fit. That's from um, Miss Mrs. D F Me, um, Diana D on Twitter. There are going to be fans that uh, overreact. Um, but like I said earlier, if you look at our previous starts under Enrique and Zerman and that, I mean, there's, there's, there's no real issue at Roma that we need that's that concerning. I mean, we, we've just lost key players. I mean, the goal against Torino, there was a foul on Benatia before that. And the goal against Sassuolo is just one of those late goals when the mentality is against you, I suppose. It's, there's no real problem that we should be worrying about here. I agree. It's only those damn injuries. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think that the most telling statistic there is the one you mentioned, Alex, where with before Totti and Jovino got injured, we were scoring almost three goals a game. Since their injury, we've averaged one, um, which I think really says it all. I, but again, I, I don't know if that's a weakness. I mean, some people, I think, look at this and say that proves the team doesn't have depth. But on the other hand, if you took any other team's two best strikers away, what are you left with? You know, I, I don't, how many teams, but I mean, okay, Barcelona, Real Madrid, maybe, sure. Um, but if any other team, you take away their two best strikers and the two best players who are creating the most at the beginning of the season, 
uh, I mean, it's only natural, really, that your goal output falls off. That's that's kind of what you would expect, really, from from that kind of situation. Yeah. So, um, that I think would be an overreaction too. Um, two more questions. Sterling, a great friend of the show, at Sterling M, he asks us on a scale of one to twenty-five thousand, how much will Destro improve attack versus Ur Valtrex? And in case anyone doesn't know, Valtrex is a medicine that treats <laughs> certain. Uh, Certain sexually transmitted infections. So this is clearly <laughs> referring to Coriello. <laughs> um, Destro, well, twenty five thousand, I suppose. Destro is yeah, much better. I think I think we're a hundred percent of whatever scale we're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Destro is much much better for a fluid system that we, that we want to play, and he can create yeah. a bit himself. If I mean, if we're talking about let's say Ranieri Roma, I, I would say Bordiello is actually better for the yeah. system. If we're looking yeah. at a Roma that likes to play really fast and, and with a lot of guile, I, to me, there's mm. no question Destro is gonna is gonna do the quick exchanges and the one twos and the little yeah. feints he's gonna exactly. have to do. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we all agree it's gonna be the full 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 meter Sterling. Um, so the last question we got is from Angelo as Roma guy, and I actually misread this. He's he asked us how do we follow it, and he meant how does he follow the podcast because he thought we were doing this live and we never do it live. Yeah. We just put it up usually the next day. But I thought he meant, how do we follow up this draw? Which is actually a great way to close out the podcast. The yeah. next game is it's Cagliari. It's at home. This is a nightmare game usually for us. I hate yeah. Daniele Conte. Um, he scored a great goal this week, which is never a good thing. Uh, what is uh, the ideal follow-up? Which is going to sound like a really, really stupid question. But if we can kind of dissect it a little bit, what would be the best thing? Uh, obviously to win, right? I mean, there's no one's going to debate that. But what would be the most convincing way to prove that this was something we've we got over something that's that's not a systemic issue but just a one-off just you know kind of a a little blip on the radar um well i think the best thing would be uh to get an early goal against uh kaliri i think the longer it uh, goes on without scoring i suppose perhaps uh doubts will come back i'm not so certain about that i think we've got a better psychology this season than previous ones but uh i think i think we'll be much better Purely because we'll have our our usual back four there. Um, we still have De Rossi, we still have Strootman, we still have Pjanic. Uh, the front, we don't know how to look. I don't think Borrello is going to make the game, but we'll have Yaich. Um I don't know who get else. Get was probably back. Yeah, yeah Jovino, I imagine if he's called up and, and plays it all for his country, that he'll be good for the game. And I actually said this, I tweeted this. Um, I, I didn't want him to play for his country before, but I kind of do now because he, we, we're going to yeah. need him and I'd rather he get the match fitness. Um, yeah, exactly. and, be, and be more ready to jump in rather than coming off an injury fresh for us. I yeah. mean, as long as he doesn't re-aggravate his injury, of course. Um, it's always, it's always better that way. And then maybe Destro because we, we've heard the comments last, earlier this week that Garcia was saying that, um, for Destro, they were going to be working really hard into the break to try to get him ready. So if he's not a starter, which he, he really shouldn't be after this long out. Um, but if he comes on for a few minutes at the end, that would be super encouraging um, to, to finally see him in a Roma jersey again after, well, it's been 11 months since he's played for us, hasn't it? It's been 10 months since January. Yeah. What's, so, uh, yeah, what's no. worrying is if, if he doesn't start, who, who starts through the middle then, assuming Boreal is out? We might see Pjanic up front with Lilac and Caprari um, and throw yeah. Bradley back into the midfield again. Yeah. Uh, which is not ideal at all, to be perfectly yeah. honest, but uh, desperate times kind of thing. Um, if we don't have a striker, yeah. there's not much yeah, we could do. Um, 
you know, this might be a time where maybe we should have kept Nico Lopez, but I think considering who we got in exchange for Nico Lopez, I'm never going to complain about that deal. Yeah. Um, no, I think Djajic uh, can do a nice job, but not in the center as a, the main striker, obviously. Uh, but in a more yeah. dynamic and fluent, uh, you know. If he plays like what he does, I, I would be okay with that. If he's kind of dropping deeper and letting Caprari and Pjanic run forward, the kind, you know, maybe in a pseudo system the way we were playing earlier this season before all the injuries, that might work out well. But, you know, Cagliari, I don't even know where they are in the table, but they're always a, a very good side when they play us. Um, I, I think, I think, um, Given the, the, our average score ratio now, it's like one goal, uh, each game after Totti and uh, Gervinho's absence. It's quite telling that everything we tried up till this point haven't been exactly, um, great, uh, offensively. Uh, it's very encouraging defensively. And the midfield is still, you know, uh, Pjanic, Strutman, De Rossi, they have been injury-free. So the problem is in the final third. And, and maybe it's an exciting thought that when we play with Totti, we don't have that lockdown system we have when we have like a play like uh, Borriello up there. So without Destro, no, I mean Destro, Borriello and Totti, we might have to improvise again and try... um a more dynamic system without that, you know, with a false nine and have Florenzi, Ljajic and Gervinho, you know. Florenzi's uh, out. Yeah, he's out. So it's uh, Gervinho, Ljajic and Pjanic then, then perhaps have to, you know, uh, try a very dynamic and change and swap positions uh, yeah. without well, a real striker yeah, on the pitch. Well, if you look at the table, I'm just checking it now. Cagliari have the fourth worst defense in the league so far but uh, saying that uh, Sassuolo have the worst defense and we only got one goal I was just going to say that I, that uh, statistics are nice for of a season yep. but in a one off they don't yeah. I don't think they matter terribly much in, in any particular game so yeah well, that was the um, that was our final question I'm going to double check really quickly to make sure we didn't get a new one Yep, that was it. Um, so to, to kind of going forward, looking at the future of this side is we have now a, a nice little break, um, which actually kind of comes at a good time for us. I think we, we kind of need the injury to recuperate. And, uh, you know, after two draws, it's never a bad thing kind of to catch your breath and have a week off. Um, and then we come back against Scaliari. Is it two weeks from today? Uh, next Monday. Well, not next Monday, next. the Monday after, I think. Oh, it's on a Monday. Great. Um, I think it's in 15 so- days time, yeah. Yeah, so, right, uh, well, 15 days, that stinks. Um, 15 days from today, an entire half a month when we go, there's been a lot of international breaks this year. Um, yeah, but at, and the, then at we, the moment it serves us well, so, uh, it does. Totti, That's true. Please, he, he needs to get back. <laughs> Did that sound convincing? I, I almost cried. I think so. Yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't respond because I thought you were crying and I, I thought I was just gonna let it flow. Excellent. Then we have Cagliari in Atlanta, and then a super hellish December coming up. So getting points is really important now because it's going to be tough in December. Um, and then I, we're actually pretty close to like halfway through the season, if you think about it. We're like six games. Well, that's not that close. It's half of what we played so far. But but before we know it, it'll be halfway through, and we can do like halfway awards and, and talk about how much we love Totti again. Um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. 
Two games, two draws, uh, much to be sad about if we were, uh, you know, coming from where we were coming. I, I can see how the euphoria has, you know, blinded us. Uh, mm-hmm. But still, it's our main, uh, you know, concern was before these games. Uh, is this just a fluke? I mean, is Aroma overachieving? Are are the defense, you know, are we just lucky? And, and I don't see that. I see a very solid defense, very, you know, yeah. world-class midfield. I'm very, um, you know, it's encouraging. I think we'll have a great season. And uh, those, you know, mistakes will happen. And, uh, you know, we have to deal with them. And uh, now uh, Rudy Garcia, as always, let's take the next game and win that one. You're here. And you summed it up for well, Okay. Um, so I guess that, that, that's it. Thank you guys for joining us again for the Magic Cast. I'm Julian. Um, with me was Alex and Daniel, who you can follow. Daniel, can you just give us your um, Twitter handle real fast so people could follow you? Um, it's at Daniel741L. Daniel741L. Daniel Lissoni on Twitter. And um, uh, he has written uh, some excellent uh, articles also for us on the Roma Journal. So... Um, Yep. So you guys might be familiar with him already. Um, Thanks. In an excellent podcast debut, but he's been part of the Roma Journal family for a while now. So, um, yeah, we, we, we recapped um, the disappointing, but, you know, not terribly awful Sassuolo tie. And we talked a little bit about Torino. Um, and we got the break coming up. So we'll probably be recording again after the next game. Um, so we'll talk to you guys again in a couple of weeks. Uh, grazie, Roma. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.